Howdy, craft beer lovers. Welcome to the Hop and Barrel Happy Hour. I am Brian. And right over here is... Justin. Hello. <laughs> you looked real hard when you were oh, thinking your own name, bud. I, I was looking down. at something else, not trying to remember my own name. Oh, mother. We're here with this producer time. Casey on my right. And also... Today, we have the meat baron himself, Anthony S. Reams. Hello. RJ Meats in beautiful Hudson, Wisconsin. The Do you prefer barrel? meat baron or <laughs> carne incarnate? Mm, I, ooh, that's good. That's um, a good one. Damn. Mm, <laughs> mm. Um, that's why they pay me the big bucks, guys. They don't pay you anything. This is- <laughs> I, you know, I would say meat baron because it makes me feel like I would live in a castle. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> With a mayor's sash? Yeah, you would have a sash. I was going to say a sash. I'm but it's made out of sausages. Yes. Sausage sash. The Hop and Barrel Happy Hour is brought to you by Blind Ninja Studios in beautiful River Falls, Wisconsin. So before we get started, we'd like to give a shout out to the Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Tyler Romanski, Brian Jones, Devin Stinson, Phil Feldman, and Lando, the, the German shepherd over there, making himself known. And Hop and Barrel is also a sponsor. So you can support Blind Ninja Studios on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Blind Ninja Studios or by following the patron link at the bottom of the homepage at blindninjastudios.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 17, which includes news and updates about the Hop and Barrel Brewery from December 6, 2021 to December 20th, 2021. Hey, Justin. So, earlier I said Anthony S. Reams, Meet Baron, is on the air with us here, right to my left. What does the S in Anthony S. Reams stand for? How many guesses do I get? You get three guesses. Uh, Spam? Ah, No. 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 It's a no. Sausage. You're really getting close. What what else you got? Salami? No. No, sorry. Shoot. Sauerkraut. Sorry. (laughs) That's four guesses. That's four guesses. Also, not a meat. Steakums? I think that we're... Damn it, it's Anthony Stakem's Reeves. Stakem bless. You're not very good at guessing, so I think we should do something we are good at, which is to crack open a beer. Let's go. That was pretty good. You guys are out of practice. Just sure are. So we're opening and pouring the uh, Sam's Christmas Village Christmas Cookie beer today. And if you guys haven't heard of this beer, it is exclusive to only a couple places. Uh, you can get it at Sam's Christmas Village, which we'll get into and talk more about the uh, crazy light village they've got going on up there in Somerset. Uh, you can also get it at, in six packs on tap uh, at the Hop and Barrel Tap Room. Uh, and so if you're jonesing for a spritz cookie tasting beer, which this is, then that's the place to be. Now, What's a spritz cookie? A regular, uh, well. a regular, <laughs> regular ass white Christmas cookie. Yeah, we had a discussion with a professional baker about Saint, sugar cookie Saint versus Croya baking yep. uh, downtown Hudson. And uh, this is a spritz cookie, not a sugar yeah, cookie. Not a sugar cookie. <laughs> so a lot, uh, a lot of tasting went into this. There were a couple different sessions that had to happen to make this beer, and the reason why is uh, as Brock from Sam's found out, uh, fa- palate fatigue is a very real. A very real thing, and uh, to sit and try to taste like 13 different versions of this, and then come up with one that's going to work really well to uh, throw into production and can and make on a, on a to scale it up that big from you know pumping like a few milliliters of extract in it is pretty tough. Yeah, doing a, a like a pitcher at a time versus a 30 barrel batch at a time is it's a little bit of a curve there. 
Yeah, tasting. But, so this is a basis Minnesota. Yeah, I should probably starts with Minnesota. Uh, in a way, you can almost think of this as our winter lemon breaker. Um, but it's almond vanilla heavy with just a hint of uh, tiramisu to kind of tie it together. And it was those ratios that were kind of the pain in the ass. Right. So patented patented beer light up here <laughs> says golden yellow. There, there was. I'd say straw. Really, no color change to this. It's about the same color, probably as Minnesota. Yeah, it's not, not that we have a comparison or anything, but uh, again, base being Minnesota, and we've we've done a, a little bit of playing with it. I think it works really well. But I think the almond kind of pops through. I think this has definitely a very surprising spritz cookie taste to it. It's yep. Very very delicious with a wonderful aroma. Wonderful aroma and not cloyingly sweet. I can't stop smelling it, guys. This is insane. I, I wish you would stop underselling it. <laughs> Please. Just go ahead and sell it then. <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, well, you're better at words. <laughs> you than better I. at words. Meat, meat <laughs> guy. I, I mean, <laughs> calm down, meat boy. So the aroma, like, it almost has like a cola like aroma. A little bit, yeah. Like almost like an yeah. RC cola or something like that, where it's. I'd go there. So I, I do have a, a question about that because I noticed this while I was drinking probably my, my uh, 300th on Wednesday night. <laughs> um, and it does, like the whole, when I when I look at the beer, it does kind of have a, a cola appearance. And it, I do wonder, um, where does the head go? I noticed that the head well, I think goes down a lot faster than, than others. Yeah, part of it is, one, I think the cola thing we can answer is it's, you know, it's a big secret recipe, but I think we can we figured out almond is obviously a big flavor additive to like Dr. Pepper and cola. So that's, okay. I think the relation yeah. in your, in your taste buds coming up with a cola. Um, the, the head retention gets lost when you add some of these, um, different flavors to beer, the, the manner of how you're introducing them. We tried something new with this one. It's a craft puree. Um, and it's, it's not just like adding extract like you would to a keg. It's a, it's a better product. It's more soluble. It doesn't add some of those flavors you get with extracts that are either chemical or metallic. Yeah, another issue is like the type the type of sugar that you would get in a craft puree is going to be different than the type of sweetener or sugar that would come in more of an extract. In the puree, is it fermentable? Probably. <laughs> we we took precautions we, we like we do with lemon breaker to just to be safe. Oh, so uh, so you added it at the time of packaging, not. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, it's another secret, so the cans don't explode in in, in a nice old man's hand. Yeah. Luckily, it's winter, so less concerned. But, <laughs> but it, it's <laughs> really a liquor store in town. Really, and, not uh, not a a problem with this one. Um, it's just it's the first time we used this method of delivery for. Uh, these flavors, and obviously we noticed it too. There, it doesn't have the head retention we'd see off a normal Minnesota, and it did have a negative impact on that. So sure Brian, if he used a um, what were they called? A uh, Sonic aerator. Get out with of here. That. <laughs> Put that, stuff that in a sack, and throw it uh, off the bridge. Uh. That, that's a thing? It, I, yes, I feel like this is a yes, prior yes, conversation. Oh, yeah, and, uh, we, mm-hmm. we, we talked about bad beer gifts on Homebrew Bound this week. Oh, no. You, you like, don't even need to say anything more. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, if you like homebrewing and beer, there's another show on the Blind Ninja Studios Network, which is called Homebrew Bound. Yeah. But basically, a sonic aerator it uses uh, sound vibrations to agitate your beer to give it more head. Oh, my God. I mean, just get one of those little coffee blenders. Just, what? Oh, well, they make those, too. I know. 
why, I have one. Why do I imagine like like a kazoo that you just dip into your beer and blow into? <laughs> a beer kazoo. Wait, yes. A straw? I think <laughs> I think Anthony just invented the beer kazoo. That's amazing. I mean, it's a straw but noisy. Anthony just wants a kazoo for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> maybe I do. Boy. We digress. I think what we need to do here is move on to our industry term section. So today, so some topics we have done in the past are the Tax Trade Bureau, TTB. We've done IBU, International Bittering Units. If you want more information on that, again, check out the Homebrew Bound show. We just did a killer episode on why IBU is bullpucky. Right, Lando? Good boy. Uh, we also talked about wort. Today we're going to talk about BBL or barrels versus CE, which is case equivalency. So, um, Justin, want to give us the rundown on what a BBL or a barrel is versus a case equivalent? Yeah, so they're, they're two different things, and they're used uh, a little more heavily in the distro sales side that they, they can kind of come into conflict. But... BBL or barrel is most often used the measurement of how much a brewery is producing. Um, but in short, it's simply an abbreviation for barrel. Um, in the industry, though, like I said, the most times you'll hear it is, hey, how many barrels did you make this year? Mm -hmm. How many barrel batches? You know, are you doing? Yes, yeah, certainly whatever? if you make many, many thousands of BBLs or barrels a year, that sounds very impressive. Why is it not necessarily? Because when it really comes down to it, it's not how much beer you're making, it's how much beer you're selling. And Correct, and that translates into case equivalence. Great case equivalence, which CEs. is CE, and this is definitely much more of a uh, distribution term than something you'll see thrown around in uh, literature. But it's a way of correlating kegs to cans, because obviously beer in cans is sold in cases at a time. Beer in kegs isn't, so you do the math, you figure out what those equivalencies are. Yeah, so certainly if we sold forty kegs to a certain bar, we would measure it in CEs. Yep. So 13.7 CEs per barrel, I believe. Yes, it is. So that's just a way of kind of understanding, you know, probably like the health of a brewery, of how it's operating. Like, is it brewing X amount and then selling that equivalent and not stockpiling beer or having to throw it or whatever is going on? Mm -hmm. not, not accounting for how much beer goes down the drain. Because yes. it does from time to time. So yeah. BBL versus CE. BBL barrels. That's that's your uh, and that and we're talking about that's if you guys think about what a keg actually looks like it's two of those. That's so one when when you're talking cases is that like twelve ounce cans is that? Yeah, yeah the the standard measurement is a, a twelve a twenty four pack of twelve ounce cans. Okay, so your point seven with like comes from like it's point seven of a case. Or what? So Brian said what it was like thirteen point seven. No, a, that's okay. that's a barrel. So like if you or sold barrel, okay. a, if you sold a, excuse me no it's not even a barrel that is a keg. So if you sold a half barrel keg, that is thirteen point yeah. seven eight cases. I may have oh, point seven I may eight. have misspoke. Yeah, I mean if you really want to very get, I think seven eight one two, but whatever seven eight okay. no one no one cares beyond seven eight. <laughs> <laughs> True. So this year, obviously, we're talking about the Sam's Christmas uh, Village. Uh, so in sales news, uh, this is in Somerset. Now, this is similar to, like, if you're familiar with Bentleyville and Duluth. Uh, it is a Christmas village. They've got all kinds of stuff going on there. Um, uh, little shops you can buy stuff at. You can rent a cabin and, and make s'mores over a fire. Uh, certainly, there is plenty of different 
situations where you could have some food or some beers or some cocktails. I know that uh, Lolo uh, craft cocktails are, are being made up there. Um, I saw the Cozy Boys up there. That was cool. Uh, They're boys, working there for the season. Uh, working there for the season, which is neat to see some friends. Um, so, Justin, give us a little bit of a little bit more insight on the uh, on the Christmas Village. Yeah, we're um, lucky enough to have been partnered with Sam's Christmas Village since it started. Uh, I should know this four years ago. No, three three years ago. Um, and we've just kind of grown our involvement as they've grown each year, and it's kind of exponentially grown compared to the last few years. There's a if you've if you're if you've been there before, there's a whole new entrance int- entrance now. But uh, basically, you you park, you walk through, and it's 8 million lights, they like to point out. But like Brian said, there's a wonderful um, Christmas market, which they based upon when Brock and his wife, Liz, spent a couple years when he was playing hockey in Europe. Um, They encountered this as a very common thing in communities and wanted to bring that back because it wasn't something they really saw here. So as much as they kind of grew it towards the lights in Bentleyville, the initial inspiration was to recreate these European Christmas villages. So they've done a lot more focus on the markets, uh, working with like us, Lolo's, the St. Croix Valley Bakery, and bringing in kind of these food vendors to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of, uh, there's like uh, some folks selling uh, their, their uh, glass-blown ornaments. Uh, there was... Bookstore, bookstore honey shop. Honey there's, shop, all kinds of well, cool stuff. if you're curious, uh, Twin Cities Live did a piece that we were lucky enough to be part of. Um, <laughs> that was wild, awesome. Very man. cool. We, yeah, it was really cool. So thanks again to Brock and Liz for letting well, us be Well, and Twin Cities Live, that was crazy. Uh, um a whirlwind of a day or well an afternoon i guess yeah. um kind of learning how the back end of that sort of live tv program might work um <laughs> yeah but it was it was awesome um but check that out if you want more details it runs now uh they're open uh mondays and tuesdays for drive throughs otherwise wednesday through sundays um for you just show up and walk through i, I will a disclaimer though they sold out of the um S'mores cabins, as Brian made a reference to. So if you're interested in that, you're going to have to wait for next year. What if I would like a smum? Can I get like half a cabin? Sorry, that was a bad joke. What? <laughs> what? Oh, just like, some, like you have like, a dog now, and now you make all these dad jokes. Dad, dog jokes. Like, dad, dad dog jokes. Dad dog jokes. Wow. I, is that, am I going to find that on Urban Dictionary? You might. Smum. It's half a s'more. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Or How find some people you know who let you go. Something but, uh, I haven't already had. Oh boy! So we've got the the Baron himself, the Meatmeister, Anthony S. Reams. Anthony, what the heck is going on at RJ Meat these days? Anything uh, interesting? What are you guys just making meat over there, like usual? Uh, yeah, we're just making meat. No, we're slapping uh, meat around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this week we will be uh, starting probably our um, maybe our, our our busiest time of year, um, and and we pretty much pedal to the metal all the way down till till uh new year's um but uh we've got our hams coming in and we will start work on our christmas hams so i think it's gonna be uh on monday we will be doing 90 hams we'll be we'll be trimming them taking the uh the shanks off and uh later this week we'll be injecting and yeah it's a lot of work. That's about 4,000 pounds. Okay, and you slap each ham personally? I slap each ham personally. Perfect. They have to have the, the right amount of... Uh, 
Jiggle. <laughs> so S stands for slapper. Slap. Slappy. <laughs> Jesus. I was wondering where that might go. Uh, hopefully, if you're in the car with your children, this isn't too damaging to them and traumas won't be uh, occurring. So that's what's going on at RJ's Meats. Thank you. You're um, welcome. Yeah. You didn't bring any meat sticks today. I noticed I, that. I didn't. I didn't. I just brought... Um, he brought Christmas cookie I beer. brought Christmas cookie beer because I can't be parted from it. That's fair. You got to get one of those beer bandoliers, man. We can carry six fresh ones with you. I, I may. Like and would, on the other side, it's just meat sticks? Yeah. Why don't... Yeah. <laughs> actually, that's a good question. Why don't any of us have those already? A beer bandolier? Oh, I do. Oh, Casey has one. Oh, I should have said... Uh, we, yeah, they're from Madeline Island, so you can bring beers to the beach. I, makes, I make sense. I'm not. Meat bandolier, whatever. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk about a little bit of taproom news in the Hudson taproom. We can also talk a little bit more widely about oh, brewery news you guys in have Spring Valley. Two, uh, two separate segments now, like Hudson, Hudson taproom news and We're, Spring Valley taproom well, news? Kind of working kind it together. Of. We'll figure it out what, what works. Yeah, so... Yeah. I, come along the, and find out. The, 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 <laughs> come, come along. I'm so excited for you guys to play favorites. There won't be any of no. that. So, <laughs> uh, so in taproom news, uh, every Tuesday in... Hudson in December and probably beyond. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But the Sip and Shop, uh, Tuesday's Hudson. Sh- sip and Shop will begin at 5 o'clock. 5 p.m. You can sip and shop, buy a beer, stare at some merch, buy some crap. Uh, Tuesday's in Hudson. It's probably not crap if you're selling it at your tap room, though, Brian. Definitely not. It's awesome stuff. Local made goods. Locally made goods. Foods. Lots, lots of things. The variety already for... A weekend has been pretty impressive. Yep, Anthony will be down there doing a ham slapping uh, demo. <laughs> is that like in a I, private I room or? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, now, now for real, there's going to be trauma. All right. <laughs> first, first bathroom on the left. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Whatever. Just wash your hands. It's the one with like it's it's whatever, and then there's a ham at the end. Just that's one, how you one, know. One, one single ham. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but it, it's open to vendors, and if you're a vendor out there, just hit us up. We want to know you're coming, but unlike a lot, we aren't charging a fee. Yeah, there's no fee, it's, and it's, we uh, didn't we didn't know about this. We hadn't done a sip and shop like this in a long time, mm-hmm. and then the, some of the vendors that had been hitting us up were wondering, you know, what what it would cost to have a stall down there, and it's just as usual. We're a community center that sells beer. We don't really do. It, it would cost a lot of money to to rent out the entire brewery to somebody, so we just don't do it. Um, you, you may come down and, and book space for free. Just buy some beer and be in a good mood. That's all we ask. Yep. So we, we're expecting it to be pretty good to Christmas, and we like to keep enough interest and in just kind of have it be a Tuesday thing for the future. Yeah. So uh, kind of piggybacking on the community center that sells beer, and we do some wacky things down at the brewery. We've had a hot dish contest. We've had a taco throwdown. We've had... Uh, all kinds of interesting and, and crazy things going on, and I think this one will kind of take the cake. Uh, we are having the first official staring contest on the, on the 11th Yep, in Hudson. Two o'clock. Do you guys have a phantom pointed at each person so you can see exactly when they... Yeah, we definitely have a, whatever <laughs> yeah. that is yeah. you just said. Yeah. A, fant- yeah. a, phantom. a phantom camera? Yeah. yeah, they have a ghoul, too. Probably oh, be dope. <laughs> Bit of an honor system, but we'll figure it out. But we have a, a both a no blinking and a no laughing bracket. Yes. Oh, the no laughing one's going to be so hard. Yeah, it's be very oh, hard. I'm going to bring a hand. ham for that. <laughs> All right, someone just won. Back just slapping. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta slap, slap 
equidistant from <laughs> from uh, both contestants. contestants. <laughs> I, I already feel this is one of those things we we ran with it. We've got a rough idea, but there's going to be rules we're going to have to make for next year because people are going to do some wacky stuff. Oh, you're talking about the ham slapping? Oh, you're talking about the staring contest? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, ham slapping has no rules. You know that. Oh, fair. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Amateur in Spring Valley. Yeah, tell us about that, Jane. Um, yeah, kind of like we've been saying, Spring Valley is going to be a lot more music orientated. Um, we had our, our first non you know grand opening and Thanksgiving weekend act last night. We've got two different bands next week on Friday and Saturday, and then Amateur, who was there for our grand opening, is coming back on the 18th. That was that's kind of a cool story. Is it, yeah, they they played our they're opening. Cool. Yep, and they're we didn't realize it because uh, you know we we're trying to find some local bands down there and reached out to a few. They were the first one that got back to us, so we were like, hey, let's let's go. Um, it was really their biggest gig they'd ever done. They'd, they'd played a number of local scenes down there, and they'd been working together quite a while. But there's well, a, a bit of background, though. When we book these bands for the tap room, it's we are paying them X dollars to play for, like, three hours with breaks. It's yep. kind of the... The way the taproom music model works, it's not like the band comes in and plays for 45 minutes and they're done. I mean, certainly we have had situations like that. But generally, I guess the way that we do it or a lot of places do it, it's just like, yeah, the music is this many hours long. There's some breaks and, you know, you people kind of drop in and drop out or they stay for the whole thing, whatever. But this band, Amateur, it would, you know, they had sort of... Um, on the, the third hour towards the last song, we're like, yeah, we don't know any more songs, so... <laughs> They, they ran out of music. <laughs> Which they were great. They were a they, perfect yeah. vibe, dude. We've I, actually uh, booked the kind of their backup singer. Um, she's coming back for a couple of acts on her own, and a few of them in different permutations. There's some really gifted musicians, and they got a great vibe. So, highly recommend checking them out. Absolutely. Uh, so that would be on the 18th. Yep. This month. Uh, g- crazy news here. <laughs> in three days, Hop and Barrel will be. Hudson will be four years old, uh, officially. Yeah. And we were talking about this on yeah. mic on the other because show. Because your soft opening was the first time you guys were behind uh, microphones, too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Four years ago. And that's how long I've been. I never left the studio. I'm still here. He lives here now. I live here. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, hats off to us, I guess. Uh, anniversary, four years. Uh, Hudson seems like a lot um, Longer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It honestly it does. It seems like a shorter period of time. But Jay and I have been working on Hop and Barrel everything for about five years in February. So does that gives you any perspective as to how long we've been chained together at the at the wrist. Your your like public anniversary is in January. Mm, correct. Yep. So um, yeah. Firewater is kind of the only date they had that would work. So we sort of dictate our you know our anniversary is dictated by their schedule. <laughs> I, I mean it is. I mean, it's just kind of a standing. That's who we have for our anniversary. So January eighth, uh, yep. a month after Sorry will be that. our our book. Uh, yep, January eighth. Firewater Gospel Choir, we may or may not have an episode in between uh, here and there. Hopefully we do. Um, But yeah, and then kind of moving on to Spring Valley uh, Brewery News, I believe the last time we recorded, was that the October 29 date was the last time we recorded? Uh, Yeah, I think so. We announced the grand opening. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys announced it. You guys definitely did occur on uh, November 20th. 20th. We we survived. It was... uh, (laughs) No, it was it was a great opening. Um, yeah, we, you know, you, you sp- how what you and I go down there that week Tuesday night, 
because Danny calls us and she's like, we are, you know, we were planning a soft opening the next oh, day. Yeah. And so, we, when we, you know, to be, to be fair, it's a lot of work for just the, the small crew they had down there. And so yeah. she kind of, you know, was like, okay, I give up. I, there's too much to be done. And we went down and we realized, okay, yeah, we had. So what, I think we got down there at six o'clock and put in about eight hours of work. Yep. Of just and basically cleaning. I mean, the construction work. The contractors had their amazing stuff done. Yeah. Uh, the bar is gorgeous, so we just helped clean up and organize for nonstop for a day, and then opened, and then had a heck of a grand opening. So thank you to everyone who came out and supported. You know, we were an hour from opening, and we had people showing up and couldn't believe it that there was a line out the door before we opened. We figured it's always pretty exciting. We figured there'd be a rush and it'd kind of slow down, but it just opened and then never stopped. For twelve hours, yeah, it's pr- pretty exciting to yeah. to see another another opening like that. Killed our um, first keg in a day. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was insane. It was um, what you call it uh, the the corn corn drive lager. Yeah, the the two big ones down there, the corn drive and then the hazy IPA. Hazy IPA keg um, too. Hazy will be back this week, and corn drive is about another week off. Yeah, talk, <sighs> talked about it a little bit um, on the other show, uh, but yeah, our brewer, Jason Paul, uh, and your sister, Danny Trebiste, are doing a fantastic job down there. Some yes. yep. crazy, incredible beers. Um, I think Jason has very much lapped all of us um, in brewing knowledge. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really hard to, 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 that, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to hear him be like, oh, you need to do this or that, and be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I've been, in, I've been fermenting beer since 2005, and or so it's embarrassing. Point out things that we're like... <laughs> Well, oh, glaring things we missed because How we're, did we're busy. We not think of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, well it's, what's the thing? Always hire people smarter than you. Yeah, we, yeah. we try. That's why we hired Anthony to, for ham slapping. So <laughs> He's a savant. Savant. Oh, more, <laughs> more experienced, maybe not smarter. Uh, me, me, not smarter. <laughs> me, more experienced. Me, slap ham good. Me slap Many ham. years of ham slap experience. <laughs> It's a family, family thing. That's <laughs> so. Yeah, if you want to get down to, uh, let's get this back on the rails. Spring Valley, Minnesota, where our second tap room location is. Uh, uh, again, like uh, Spring Valley, Minnesota, it's not too far away. Uh, but some of the beers down there are going to be very different. Yeah. Um, we're letting Jason kind of be unchained. Um, I know upcoming there's a check pills that will be going on. There will be a dark lager, a double hazy IPA. Yeah, Jason's doing some spunding down there. So that spunding is like a natural carbonation uh, feature uh, that you can kind of do. He's got a cool thing he wants to work with. All, you know, he wants to work with Danny, the different people down there, Brian, I, kind of everyone. He wants to do an in-house collab on a different beer he has coming up. Cool. And then we, I... Probably we probably mentioned this last time, but we're actually going to get into the um, uh, sour, sour and um, mixed culture, mixed culture sour. fermentation so project. It'll be about a year before we can really start talking about the returns in this. But okay. actually, we we brewed our first base. Uh, there's a Belgian saison um, based on an old recipe I did. Yeah, neutral wooden barrel um, arrived yep. the first, the very first one. And then, uh, there's some infrastructure plans, um, for the basement of the building to build a massive, uh, massive cellar. cellar, a true cellar, uh, <laughs> in the cellar. And you know, it's Jason Paul, our brewer, just talking about a hole being cut in the floor. Like it's no big deal. Yeah. Uh, to send those barrels down. So. But, uh, this Wednesday, um, 
Odinson, our first base, will be going in and introduced to uh, PDO. And about two weeks later, we'll throw some Brett at it. And um, we're going to try to do a few Solera barrels right away. And we can. What is that? So, uh, a Solera method is a lot. Think, think like if you have a starter for sourdough, uh, we'll fill a barrel, it'll do its thing, and then we'll never really package everything out of that barrel. We'll pull off a third or half of it package, but then the day after we'll reintroduce either a finished beer or wort and let the bugs that are already in that barrel continue to um, keep that going. So it's a way of keeping something stable with slower deviations over time. Um, It's a tried and proven method of long-term sour barrel. And barrels are kind of cool too, and you've got all these nooks and crannies for different like yeast and bacteria to sort of hide in. And when they're... You know, they like to eat the the sugar and then get tired and kind of go rest somewhere. And then we'll like give them new new and interesting forms of sugar, and they can kind of come out and do their little their little unique thing. And so a lot of this flavor will be native and unique to um, to that barrel. Yeah, I, um, I mean, in a way barrels themselves are kind of like living organisms. Mm-hmm. The oxygen intakes and outtakes they they breathe over a long term. So whatever environment they're set up in, not just the wood is going to become part of that beer, too. Awesome. Anything else? Any other news, information? Anthony? No. Uh, Techniques I, uh, for slapping? Uh, well, no, that's that's a trade secret. Open or cupped hand? Like, Actually, now, is it so, is like every family member assigned a different <laughs> Are you meat? Are do this? All right. Anyway. <laughs> but, okay, uh, folks, thank you for tuning in this week. If you have any questions about ham slapping, you can direct those to, uh, to RJ's Meats in downtown, or in, uh, I'm sorry, up, little up the hill in Hudson. If you have any other comments or what have you, send us an email at info at hopandbarrelbrewing.com. You can find our beer in northwestern Wisconsin and all around the Twin Cities area, but not in the Twin Cities area. If your local establishment doesn't have our beer on tap or on the shelf, please ask them. This really helps us out because, unfortunately, we cannot ship beer to individuals. So you can find Hop and Barrel on Facebook at Hop and Barrel Brewing and follow us on Instagram at Hop and Barrel. You can also send a message to feedback at blindninjastudios.com and find them on Facebook at facebook.com backslash blindninjastudios. Uh, check out our brand newly new launched uh, Hop and Barrel website where you can buy some stuff on Teespring. Uh, Blind Ninja Studios also has a Teespring. Uh, follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. I'll see you next time. <laughs>